we're going now, man. So what's up, dude? Yeah, it's long time no see, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, <clears throat> I mean, so I wanted to ask you, um, I mean, I know you got out, right? So you got out of the service and then you used your, you used your GI Bill and you went to school, right, for IT? Yep. Okay. So what exactly did you get your degree in? Um, so I have a bachelor's of science in information technology, and uh, there's a lot of different like tracks within uh, programs. So there was like a system administration track, a uh, networking track, a cybersecurity track, and then I chose the uh, business intelligence track, uh, which is to do with databases, database administration, database analysis, stuff like that. Okay. And then you did that where? What school? Uh, University of Massachusetts, Boston. Hey. Yeah. Is that, is, uh, Boston's where you're from, right? That's where you grew up? Oh, well, I grew up just south of Boston, uh, like down in southeastern Massachusetts. Um, so, you know, when I got out, I wanted to go back, you know, touch base with the family, kind of reconnect a little bit and just, uh, you know, ultimately there's a lot of great schools in Boston, you know, it's, they got world-class institutions, but the one kind of catch about the GI Bill is, um, you know, you got to use it at a public state school. Um, so luckily UMass, the whole UMass system is, you know, a pretty great system. So I was able to use, uh, you know, the GI Bill to go to school in Boston. And it was, it was a great time, honestly, really good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet, bro. Uh, well, I'm glad, dude. I hate to see you go, man. I loved working with you, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, we had a lot of good times together, and uh, you, you caught me at an interesting time in my Army career, for sure, you know, it's like everybody that I was at Fort Campbell with for the majority of my enlistment was pretty much like PCSing, like as soon as you got there, so, <laughs> and like I only had like X amount of time left, so I was kind of like, I was kind of like a weird spot, you know, because like all my friends, like all the people I had been there with for a minute, you know, they all PCS and I was like, Oh, I'm getting out. So what am I going to do for like the next, like, you know, time till I get out, you know? So it was cool because, you know, we met and then, you know, you made it worthwhile to like, you know, have a good friendship, right? Like before I got out of the army, which was really cool, you know? Yeah. That's the tough thing. I don't know. <clears throat> and it's hard for me to explain to even friends of mine that, uh, you know, I grew up with, went to high school with, I'm like, look, man, it's hard to make friends in that profession because people yep. are moving all the time. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you get, you meet somebody, you make a bond, you hang out, whatever, somebody's going somewhere else. It's happened to me for 10 years. Right. <clears throat> and it really, I mean, it sucks, dude. I mean, it's good to make those connections. And then obviously you and I've uh, semi stayed in touch and we're, we're yeah. ta obviously talking now, Yeah, uh, definitely. you know, three plus years later, four years later, however long it is. So that's a, that's a good aspect of it, but it's not the same as having somebody that's constantly around that you could depend on and rely on and, you know, bond with and whatever else. So. Yeah, no. And it's kind of crazy too. Cause like when you, when you take a second to think back on like the times that you spent with people in the army, right? Like, you know, I, I look at, I look back on it, you know, and I, I think about like all the times that, I spent with so many different people and it's just, it's just kind of, 
it's like bittersweet sometimes, you know, because like the last time that you saw those people, you know, you said, hey, man, we're going our separate ways. Like it was, you know, and but sometimes you don't really think about it. Like you may never see that person again, you know, um, unless you make an effort to like stay in touch or, you know, people that you spent every day with, you know, and it's like every day for years, you know, and it's like just it's kind of interesting because you don't really see that dynamic very much in the civilian world, you know, like, I, I don't feel like I've made some of those, you know, deep connections with people, um, whether it be at work or, you know, at school or whatever. So it's just kind of weird. Cause you know, sometimes when you say goodbye to someone, you don't think like, it's like, you know, you'll never see them again, but like, you know, unless you make an effort to see them or stay in touch, like, you know, some of those, those relationships, they kind of just come to an abrupt end, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard, man, to be honest with you. I mean, <clears throat> Because everybody, everybody has their own life, dude. Everybody's busy doing their own thing. And to when you only have so much time to give, how to divvy that up with all the people that you've met and interacted with and family and stuff, it's like really hard to make an effort. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just a tough, that's, <laughs> that's a tough thing to do. I mean, it really yeah. is. Um, but yeah, I mean, one good aspect about making friends when you actually make a friend in the service, at least to me, um, somebody that you consider. So, so I don't just consider, uh, acquaintances and people I work with and maybe hung out right. with a, a handful of times. I don't consider them friends. Like I have a different, uh, criteria has to be met, you know, somebody that I know yeah, is reliable definitely. and dependable and I can call on and count on. Right. Yeah, for sure. Those are people I consider friends. Um, <clears throat> And when you make, when I, when I make a friend, um, especially in the service, knowing that, you know, if it's somebody that meets that criteria to me in the service, it's, it's a stronger bond because we're like brothers, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because I know that even though you and I weren't in like a combat relate arms related thing, I was still you know, put my life on the line if that's what it took, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So I feel like that's why the bonds that you make is, is like a brotherhood and those are stronger than just typical uh, friendships that you make elsewhere. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, when you get like, when you get out of the army, it's like, you know, there's like, the, the, you still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just lagging a little bit, but um, you know, it's like, the that same sense of camaraderie like that same i use the term esprit de corps i think that's how you pronounce it right <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah i throw that around sometimes like you know in in civilian life and it's funny because people some people are familiar with it they know the term and some people aren't um but you'll find places you know some places that you work at or like school you know like those places kind of become your community and to a certain extent, uh, you know, like these places try really hard to foster like a culture of like inclusivity or, you know, belonging, but it's, it's really nothing like the, the military in a sense. It's, it's nothing like that, that sense of camaraderie, brotherhood, all that, you know, it's just, and, you know, some people really do identify with, you know, their, their position in, in professionally or, you know, their community of people but that's definitely one thing that i uh, i do miss is like that connection that that is fostered by that level of camaraderie is 
you know, just something that is really, I would say almost unachievable out in the, the civilian sector, just because, you know, the, the nature of the work is just far, far different, you know? Oh yeah. And I always kind of relate it to playing sports, man. It's kind of like being on a, on a team, you know, even though you all are working together, everybody to some degree, yeah, you signed a contract, but you kind of volunteered to do that kind of work. And then where you and I worked, you know, you, to a certain degree, you volunteered to be there, right? You had to volunteer for airborne school. You don't necessarily have to volunteer to wind up at a group, you know, right, um, that's right. not like a thing, but yeah. like where I'm at now, the 160th, you had to volunteer to like, you know, assess and, and get in the organization stuff. So there's a bunch of things you volunteer. And then you're, you're, like you said, you're with them every day. So I always looked at it as, you know, I was back in, in school playing sports and those people, I made super good bonds with playing sports with people because we bought, you know, it was volunteer. Uh, we weren't getting paid. It was something right. that we did, you know, and I played football. So it's the kind of the same similar thing to me, similar aspect. Like I, I put my, <laughs> I put my body on the line for, right. for sports and the, the team and the school and stuff. And uh, I made super good bonds with those people. Cause I knew, Hey, yeah during the game, this dude's going to sacrifice his body for me and I'm sacrificing my body for him. Like we're, we're, we're ride or die in this situation right here. So, um, I always looked at it the same thing. So people that I, you know, bonded with like yourself and I always looked at it in the same way. We're part of a team. This is my family. Like this is, you know, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing, who I want to be doing it with type thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that one hundred percent. And that's one of those things where, you know, when I, when I went back to school, I found like there were some other veterans like in my classes and everything. And it was cool because you kind of form like a bond with those people, but just kind of a little bit different. Like the, after the, you know, after the military, you kind of share the, you're sharing the experience of like going to school, right? Like you have some commonalities in the sense you're both in the military you know, you have a lot of prior life experience before and, you know, it's kind of culture shock sometimes. Like that's what I, I realized when I was going back to school, you know, I was in classes with kids that were 18, 19 years old. I was like 26, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, some of these kids, <laughs> <laughs> some of these kids are like running circles around me academically, you know, and it was like, you know, it's not my fault. It's just, I hadn't done calculus, you know, years, I'm talking like almost a decade, you know what I mean? Like, and even when I was doing calculus, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't really, you know, lights are on, but nobody's really home type thing. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't exactly a math whiz in high school, Yeah. Um, you know, but that's just the one thing that when I went back to school, I met a lot of great people, like a lot of good vets um, that were, we kind of shared in the common experience that we were, you know, we were in the military. We had some shared experience there, some similarities and, you know, we're very much sharing in that next, that next kind of uh, journey. Um, because depending, you know, you could be in school for, I, I did my bachelor's degree pretty quickly, like just two years um, full time, but you know, you could be in school for like four and uh, you know, they're like 12 week semesters and you, know, you got to go to class maybe two, three times a week if you want to have, you know, perfect attendance. So you do end up spending like a lot of time with, your classmates, you know, you've had group work, um, stuff like that. So, you know, you do get to meet some really cool people. And, and that's kind of been one of the, the interesting things. I think academia was, uh, 
was an interesting experience and, and a necessary experience, honestly, for me to get this next uh, this next chapter of my life started for sure. So what what interested you? Like, what sparked your interest in you know that type of career field? So when you were transitioning out from what you did uh, as a service member to be like, nah, I want to figure out codes and scripts and do this mm -hmm. IT related stuff. Like, what what sparked your interest in that? Well, mainly you meet a lot of interesting people in IT, honestly. There's there's a lot of interesting characters and a wide range of interests and, and stuff like that. But um, you know, it, it's a it's a good job. There's a lot of work in it, um, ranging from like ranging from help desk, you know, you could be a guy who does the help desk uh, to you know doing data analytics, you could be doing cybersecurity, you know, but there's a wide range of, of work and with everything being so technology driven these days, you know, you could get a job that, you know, paid the bills and where there's a decent um, room for advancement, you can get decent, you know, training and skills from your job and, you know, progress uh, because technology jobs, as we move forward, they're just, you know, increasing exponentially. And that's one of those things too, that companies, especially if you've been involved with the company and it's like a good fit, they'll see you and they will want to hire, uh, you know, promote from within essentially, because you already understand the day-to-day -day operations. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can grow with the company. If you find the right place, you know, you can grow with the company, um, especially in the technology field. And you could probably do it pretty quickly as well. So, that's just one of those things that really appealed to me. You know, it's a set of really marketable skills. There's room for growth. And uh, if you find the right place, you know, it's, it's a good fit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if the company and the, or the companies, you know, if you work for uh, multiple up to this point, if they allow you to do so, but I feel like, you know, what you said is true. And I feel like some of those companies uh, for it to be super profitable for them, especially if it's a data driven type thing and you can get, you have the internet and access to all this stuff from your house. Like it's just, they can cut. It's not like having a brick and mortar store, right? Where you're there and you have to pay for lights, water, you know, all the utilities, the rent, uh, up to keep the building and everything else. It's like, no, here's what, here's what we do. Here's the services we offer. Here's the skills that we need. Let's hire these individuals and then they can work remotely from home. And we yeah. just cut all that overhead out. Um, right. I'm not sure. I'm supposed to um, hopefully talk to him uh, this way tomorrow. Uh, but a, a guy that I grew up with for most of my life, um, he is in the IT type thing too. And he works for a company out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but he lives um, where we grew up and kind of went to school in, in the north, uh, north part of Georgia. So he did work at the company at the location for a while. And then he requested to uh, have access to work remotely. And then he, he relocated his family. So he's been working from home for several years now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, I mean, that was one of those things that I never really, I never really had my, my sight set on the remote work uh, type thing. Cause when I started school, it was 2018, right? So before pandemic times, before remote work was widely accepted. And I had a family member that worked, 100% remote before the pandemic, like the whole company was 100% remote. So, but it was very advanced, like 
work, very advanced technology work. So I knew that the opportunity for that would, you know, arise if I kept developing my skills. And, you know, if I seeked out an opportunity like that with enough experience, that could have been something, you know, I I could get involved with. But the good part now is that with, um, with the coronavirus and the COVID-19, the remote work aspect of things has been just more widely accepted and uh, hybrid work as well. And I work remote now and the company I work for, they have a a vision to at least implement a hybrid model. Um, But just having that flexibility to work from home is definitely, definitely a good thing for sure. You know, and and you get a a good work-life balance in a sense. Um, You know, I, I was working at a place and I didn't really think that I was on a good path for, you know, decent work-life balance, you know? So that's one thing that I really took into consideration, um, you know, after school when I was trying to prospect a few different job opportunities. And I'll tell you, the, the remote work or hybrid work, uh, just the work-life balance is, it's good, you know? And, you know, you can, you can work um, in the comfort of your own, you know, home or apartment and, uh, you know, go outside at lunch and take a walk, you know, and, you know, go check the mail. And, um, you know, as long as you deliver on the tasks that are asked to you and you're, you're engaging with, you know, your management and also your teammates, you know, it, it's a good situation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's been one great part about the technology field as well, is that there is a lot of opportunity for remote work and it does provide a good work-life balance for you, you know. Yeah, that would be legit, man. I wouldn't mind doing that, but I'm a fucking idiot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. I can't technology fucking nothing. Like, uh, I kind of fumble fuck around and figure stuff out. And I'm semi-tech savvy uh, to a certain degree. I know the basics. Like, even though I'm looking at you here, like I have a webcam, my computer's here, but I have my computer connected to my TV that's in front of me. So I'm like looking at the TV. So I have a bunch of things going on that, you know, normal people might not set up. I, I find that stuff interesting, but as far as like going in and trying to troubleshoot uh, some kind of Python script or something like, yeah, bro, yeah. that you might as well give me a, give me NyQuil and put me to sleep. Like I, right. right. so I'm more of like a hands-on like, Hey man, what do we need to do? Let me show up at your house and fix something. Like I'm, I get, I think my mind and, uh, just what I'm used to. I'm more of like a trade skill type guy, you yeah. know, where I can just show up and fix something, electrical, plumbing, stuff like that. It's hard. It, it's yeah. really hard for me, even though I'm interested in technology and I play video games and I stream, yeah. like play video, get like I mess with technology and it's integrated yeah. in my day-to-day life. Like, I don't think I'm smart enough to like do something remotely from home unless yeah. it was interviews, unless I was just high. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Unless I'm yeah. just hired and I'm like, Hey, you know, we got Stephen Murphy here. Let me interview you for this job position. You know, I can understand technology enough to, Hey, you know, what criteria of a person we're looking for and does this person meet the criteria we need to hire type thing. Right. But I can't go in and fix programs and stuff, bro. I'm just, yeah. I'm an idiot. No, well, that's, that's interesting though. Cause when I worked at a hospital and uh, I managed the database of all the equipment, all the non-clinical equipment. So the air handlers, uh, 
the ductless split systems, the refrigerators, all that stuff, right? So it's all in a database and that's how they remain in compliance with the rules, right? Like, you know, the medical rule says, hey, this, this piece of equipment has to be looked at once a quarter. Um, so they had a software solution and a database to make sure that the work orders came out and they had a historical record of everything that had been done to the equipment, right? And I met so many awesome people, honestly. It was cool. I, I really enjoyed the job, honestly, because um, I met a lot of great people and it was like uh, it was like an application of technology that was that was interesting, right? Like I wasn't I wasn't working directly with like tech people. I was working a lot with HVAC guys, electricians, plumbers. And like the cool part was I was able to I was able to kind of like merge the technology into like their day-to-day -day operations because like when I first took the job, they had like had it with the technology. They because you know the management wanted to carry around like iPads and like so to see like their daily work and all that. And these guys were like, no, we're not doing that. Like <laughs> and the iPads would like, you know, they drop off the internet or like the thing becomes a brick to these guys, you know. But like after working with them and like getting to know them and I was able to get the, the technology working pretty well for them and they, they loved it. And, uh, but that's just like a great, you know, it's, it's, it's good to realize your skills for sure. And like where your strengths, where your strengths at and your interests lie, because, you know, when, when you choose to get out of the military or, you know, whatever path people do take after the military, there's a lot of options, you know what I mean? And, I met a lot of cool people in that job. Some of them were veterans too, the you know, HVAC guys that were HVAC certified, um, you know, and there's a lot of work in those trades and uh, skills, you know, whether it's HVAC, plumbing, electrical, um, you know, I worked with a lot of master electricians, a lot of master plumbers too. And those guys, you know, they'd work nine to five at the hospital, maybe loving life because you know, a lot of that work is like service call work, right? Like they're on the road, they're in and out of people's houses in and out of people's businesses. So like working at the hospital is like a really good, a really good situation for them. You know what I mean? Like they get 40 hours benefits, good pay. Like, you know, they, they answer calls. It's like very service based, but um, that was just one of the things where on the side though, these guys, they would be like, oh yeah, this weekend I was uh, wiring up a house, you know, you know, doing some side work or, you know, putting a transfer switch in for someone's generator, you know, or they'd be doing side work and, you know, they, they'd be doing really well for themselves and, you know, they have oh, yeah. good skills, good network of people. A lot of these guys have beautiful houses too, because, you know, they, they know all the right people and like they have all the skills, you know, to kind of say, hey, I'll do this for you if you do this for me type thing, you know? And uh, yeah, that's one of those things where I had a buddy, um, who got out of the army and moved back to Massachusetts. And I think he got involved with uh, the electrical union um, or one of the, one of the big unions, maybe the steel workers, but either way, you know, there's a lot of programs out there as well uh, for transitioning military to get involved with the trades. And I mean, an area like Boston, the, the union is huge, you know, um, and they have every building that's built in that city, you know, it, it's a union job and yeah. uh, everything from literally the electrical right on through to like, you know, the steel beams, you know, it's, it's a big uh, union gig and there's a lot of uh, good opportunities out there and programs too. Like if college isn't your thing, like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, but it's important to like realize that, Hey man, it's not your thing. And you know, you got to do something that you're going to enjoy and that's going to fit your needs. And like, 
be something that aligns with you as a person because you know you're going to spend a lot of time doing it you know mm-hmm. it's going to become your job and your life in a sense you know and it's that's just one of those things where if it's going to be take up a large amount of your time in your life you know you might as well be something you enjoy doing and you know you're remotely good at you know yeah and you uh you met my buddy stefan and we hung yeah. out you know and that's what he does electrical work and they had a tornado come through mess up a lot of stuff and he got a lot of side jobs man because a lot of the like the main service panels on the side of people's houses trees and tree limbs fell down hit the cable pulled it out messed it up and he was doing them back to back to back and plus he does like uh installs people's light fixtures and you know adds more receptacles or light switches or whatever you know whatever um but yeah i mean after hours he gets a lot of additional side work too and can stack stack money up and and things like that so trade skills are like a good thing it's funny you mentioned hvac because a lot of people that I know that it seems to be a, a more and more veterans are getting out going and doing HVAC mm-hmm. stuff because an yeah. HVAC tech gets paid a pretty good amount of money. Um, yeah. And, oh yeah. And like, so controls automation is like a, one of those things too, that, you know, I, I tell people to look into, especially if they're interested in HVAC, it's like the controls within like an air handler, like the things that open and close the dampers and, um, you know, like Honeywell and all those train and all those big, big vendors, you know, they'd come to uh, the hospital I worked at and, you know, they have very specialized pieces of equipment. And, um, you know, these are million dollar air handlers, right? And like the air handlers, they make sure the air that goes into the, you know, an operating room isn't, you know, is clean, right? It's not tainted with some, some outside contaminant that could cause an infection or something. Yeah. And, you know, even when you think about like the work, the HVAC work in general, right? Like outside of the healthcare setting, I, I would talk to some of these guys and they'd be like, yeah, you know, like buildings, some of these buildings, they have, you know, million, million dollars worth of HVAC equipment in there. And, you know, when you think, I never really thought about it like this, but like you had people, thousands of people working in some of these buildings, right? And their comfort is pretty important to them getting stuff done. You know, like if, if you're an employer and you have a, a huge building with thousands of employees in it and they're constantly cold, you know, in the winter and then the summertime, it's so hot that they can't, you know, they can't even focus. You know, that's the reason why a lot of these uh, big HVAC companies and big HVAC vendors, they, they get a lot of work because, you know, companies realize that they may not, you know, they may not have the, need to have a facilities department that has an HVAC guy, but they know that they need to at least maintain their HVAC equipment for the comfort of their employees, you know? I never really thought of it like that, but like, I met a lot of cool people that worked in HVAC and uh, they would share so many funny stories about like everything from like service calls, like doing like boiler work and stuff like that, right on through to like big corporate customers where they'd be on the roof all day, you know, air handler, you know, big air handlers open and everything. So yeah, no, there's like, there's a lot of interesting people in that line of work for sure. And uh, there's, there's just a ton of work to do um, in the trade. So although I had like a tech job, I had like a, an interesting experience working with those guys on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you want to work with your hands and you, and you want to work with um, work around, work around like people like together and stuff like that, like in person, yeah, that's a great route to take, you know, and it's, that's like another huge part about 
you know, leaving the military or whatever, it's like finding your tribe, you know, like finding what you want to do. Um, yeah. And, and it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to try out a few different things, right? Like you might not find the thing that really like, really makes you want to like, you know, get up and go to work every day. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, ultimately, you know, you try a few different things and you figure out like, all right, you know what, like, I'm still going to give this a good effort. Like I'm still going to put in my best, but this just isn't the opportunity for me. And like, I'm going to make plans accordingly to change my path. But you know what I mean? It's like, you have to try a few different things. And then from there, you know, just find what sticks and run with it. So how, um, so we talked about you going to school and using the GI Bill. Um, so how did you go about using the GI Bill? So once you transition out, who do you go through uh, to get your benefits and how do you set that up through the school? Yeah, so I kind of went like, I kind of went wild with it, right? So like I got out of the army and it was like November and I on terminal leave, right? And I started school in January. Um, I went right in there. So I had done all the paperwork, I had applied. And when you apply to a school, you know, there's an application process and you can check that uh, you're a veteran and well, they're gonna ask that, but you know, you check that you're a veteran, you know, you, you say where you served at. Um, and then from there, you can, get, um, you can get in touch with a, like the veteran representatives. Right, like we had a an office of uh, veteran services essentially at UMass Boston, and it was some of the greatest people, honestly, that I came across. Like in that time when I was leaving, uh, you know, leaving active duty and like transitioning into the civilian world, um, mainly because that process could be a little daunting, right? But luckily, the school I went to had an office, um, you know, veteran services. And, you know, they say, hey, we need you to apply for the, the benefits, um, get the certificate of eligibility, have them send it to us. Um, you, you get a housing allowance on the GI Bill, so you have to set up like all your direct uh, deposit stuff and that stuff. Um, and it is important for sure to uh, pay attention a little bit in the uh, ACAP because, you know, you're going to set up like an e-benefits and stuff like that, right? And, you know, when you set it up, you're A-capping, you're, you know, you're like, oh, I just want to get out of here, like, but it's very important because, you know, you want to write down your passwords, remember what accounts you set up and stuff, because, you know, it could be a little daunting when, when you're trying to get all that stuff squared away and, you know, make sure they have the right mailing address for you so they can send you the paperwork and, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is still there they've transitioned a lot over the last two years to more digital um, based, you know, interactions and services. But a lot of it was like, hey, we're gonna mail you this letter. Um, from there, we're gonna need you to then scan that to us, you know, scan that to your school. Um, but yeah, the process could be a little daunting for sure. But that's just one of those things where most, most public institutions at least have some sort of veteran services office, you know, at the school. Most yeah. private institutions as well, you know, and there's a lot of great people in there. You know, everyone um, at the school I went to was either a veteran or was a family member of a veteran that worked in the office, you know, so like they knew exactly kind of where you were at and they deal, they deal with that all day, every day, right? Like they, they'll go to the VA and they'll, they'll say, hey, this person's enrolled in four classes instead of five, like we need to adjust it. Um, 
and stuff like that. So definitely one of those things where if college is the route you want to go and use the GI Bill, you know, get in touch with the uh, good people at the Veterans Services Office at the institution. And, you know, they should definitely be able to point you in the right direction as far as, you know, what paperwork is needed, what stuff you're going to need to do on your end. As long as you just, you know, follow through and provide the right documentation and, and all that stuff that they need, you know, they'll get you enrolled and, you know, ultimately they'll take care of you, you know, and that's, that's one thing that really made, really made going to school, like more enjoyable for me was the fact that I could just focus on doing well in the classes, you know, like I, I didn't have to worry that like my certificate of eligibility didn't go through or like that they didn't know how many classes I was taking, like the veteran services office really took care of me, you know, and it just allowed me to, to focus in on the school and, and to focus on doing well in the classes, because that's one thing on the GI bill for sure in undergrad that you want to make sure if you fail one of those classes, you're paying it back. You're paying that, <laughs> you're paying that money back, man. You know what I mean? So, and, and, you know, you spent 12 weeks of your time, you know, commuting to the school, at least I was, you know, like commuting to the school. And it was like, I just like looked at it and I was like, oh no, I can't fail anything, you know, because that's the thing is that, you know, I didn't want to have to pay anything back and, you know, I'm spending so much time trying to get this done. And it was just like one of those things where, you know, some of the material was like tough, you know, I'm sitting there taking a pre-calc class and I'm like, oh man, but, you know, it's one of those things where I realized like, hey, you know, I, I can't fail this class. And like, I, I'm on a path that I put myself on here. And like, I want to graduate by this time and, and, you know, move on to another thing, you know, so I really kind of put a little bit of pressure on myself to pass the class as the first try and, you know, kind of grit through it a little bit to, um, to make sure, you know, that it was all good to go. So I wouldn't have to be paying back money or, you know, yeah, dude, money. I mean, obviously, you're a fucking stud, bro. <laughs> you was gonna get it done man you're you're a smart dude you know what i'm saying yeah that was you know it was it was a it was an interesting experience but for sure man you know it's like if that's the route you want to go on the gi bill you know figure out what school you want to go to research it you know figure out what school what place has a program that you know aligns with you and and more times than not that they have veteran services offices and you know at least a representative that will help you through that process and um you know, and they're really cool people. They're just really great people to get to know. And, you know, the school I went to, they have like a, a yearly dinner, you know, and, um, you know, a couple events throughout the semester as well. And it's cool because um, you get to meet people, you know, people that went to the school who are like now out in the workforce, you know, and they come back and they say, hey, I work here, you know, um, you know, we're a vet friendly place to, to work. We love hiring veterans. We want you to come just take a look at what we have to offer and stuff like that. So it provides you also with a opportunity to network, you know, and, and that's, yeah. that's huge. You know, it's huge to, to get to know people and to do that little bit of networking, like just a little bit, you know, you don't have to be you know, selling yourself like a car salesman to anyone that's willing to listen, you know, but you know, if you, if you make a connection with someone, a meaningful connection for sure. And that's a route you want to take that's going to benefit you more times than not, you know, it, you know, that you already have a contact in that company, something you could email, something you could say, Hey, uh, you know, it was a nice meeting. It was great talking with you. I'm interested in, you know, taking this position at your company. Is there any way we could get in touch, talk about this? And, and that's just a huge thing, you know, because I think about it like this too. In the army, think about how many people we used to like, we, we come across every day, a day on a daily basis, you know, and you're always chopping it up with people. You're always talking to people, you know, and you're always saying, you know, I work in this shop, but you work in that shop, you know, and like, 
I, this is my role. This is my responsibilities, you know, and then the, yeah. these are your roles. Those are your responsibilities, that type of stuff, you know, and it's just like that on the civilian side, like that little bit of networking and, and saying, Hey, my name is, you know, Steven, it's, it's nice to meet you. This is what I do. This is what I specialize in. And um, just doing that little bit of networking, man, that's like, it's, it'll pay dividends for sure. You know, and it's one of those things that, you know, people say it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know, you know, and I think it's a little mix of both, right? It's never either one or the other, but it's a little mix of both for sure. And, you know, it's, it's good. You know, there's a whole lot there in that college piece that if you're just plugged in and you give it, a, if you give it a chance and you try your best, like good things will come of it for sure. You know? Yeah. So you said, um, you said you took a job and you moved up to Maine, right? Yeah. How long, how long you been up there now? Uh, coming up on a year actually next month, which is Man. like, yeah, dude, honestly, like, so, you know, I moved back to Massachusetts. That's where I was from, you know, my old stomping grounds. Right. And, um, you know, I had a job in Boston and I was, I was like, Oh, you know, I wasn't really sure though, what my work-life balance was going to be like, you know, and, and housing costs in that area, like the Boston area, whew, it was steep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, it was yeah, steep, you know, and I had a pretty nice apartment, like living situation wasn't bad, you know, but I feel like I could have done, you know, a little bit better. And uh, I was like looking at places where I could, you know, move to and pursue another opportunity, um, but still kind of be within like a, at least a driving distance of my family, right? Like my family's, my family's in Massachusetts, you know, that's where they live. So yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's one other thing too, is that, you know, the military puts that sense of adventure in you for sure, you know, and, you know, you, you, you get out of the army, you want to move back, maybe make up for some, some lost time with your family, you know, spend some time with them, you know, be able to be at like, be able to be at a Thanksgiving and a Christmas in one year, you know what I mean? Like that, that was something that I wasn't able to do when I was in the army, you know, I'd go, oh, no. I'd, you know what I mean? I'd go home once a year uh, for two weeks, you know, during like block leave and, that would kind of be it, you know, I would never really go back, you know, so, like, being at, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, at least for two years in a row, like, that was just, like, huge, and it was, you know, it was, it was really good, um, but it's just one of those things where, like, the sense of when adventure kind of got, got me, you know, and I was, like, you know, I've, I've, I did a lot when I was in Boston, I saw all the sites, you know, I was all the time in the city, and I loved it. I, I loved the area and everything, but it was one of those things where I felt like there was just like a lot out there that I still hadn't seen, you know? And, um, you know, I, Maine came on my radar because it's, it's beautiful. It's naturally beautiful, you know? And it's like one of those places that, um, you know, it, it kind of merges a, a few of the things, you know, down in Fort Campbell, got a country, rural setting, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and then, mass boston specifically you know has some beautiful water ocean i love that you know but when i came up here i, I came up a few times just to see you know if it would suit me you know and, and it was just like it incorporated like two things that really resonated with me you know like the rural type of country setting um and then also like just beautiful ocean and coast um so i just made the decision you know that i wanted to be kind of close to my family stay within like you know, one to two hour drive, but, you know, I wanted the, the ability to, um, 
you know, kind of live my own life, you know, explore a new place, see some new sites and uh, adventure around a little bit. So Maine has been great. You know, it's been a good opportunity to do that for sure. And my girlfriend, I met her when I was in school down in Boston and she decided to move up here with me too. So that's cool. You know what I mean? Dang boy. Yeah. You know, you already know. So yeah, no, that's good stuff, man, for sure. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where the, the army, you know, move around what every every three four years maybe maybe five if you're lucky you know maybe you get a maybe you get an assignment and like you know maybe you get an assignment and you can maybe spend five six seven years there depending on if you know the right people or branch hooks you up you know what i mean yeah. depending on what deals you can pull but you know what i mean you're gonna move around like a fair amount and you know i just looked at it like when i when i finished school like that was kind of like my my first opportunity in the civilian world to kind of like pull a civilian uh, PCS. You know what I mean? Like go move to a new place, you know, experience some new stuff and and trying to kind of get a fresh start, you know, start yeah. start new and start on a fresh page. Yeah, man, that's good, dude. I'm happy for you. Um, <clears throat> I hope Maine's working out, bro. Um, yeah. What does, uh, so you, you said you met your girlfriend in school. What, is she, what does she do? Is she in the same field? Oh, uh, no, she works at a school with um, kids that have, uh, you know, special educational needs. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good because, you know, everything's Yeah, she's got to deal with you and you're definitely right. special. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm dysregulated <laughs> from time to time, you know. So, it's good, though, because, you know, when we're living in the city, it's like traffic, it's, it's very, it's hard to get around, you know, you got to commute in, you got to fight for parking, but we live in a nice community up here and, and she works in the town over, you know, so it's like an easy drive for her. I work in the town over as well when, when I do have to go into the office. Um, so it's like, you know, we have 10, 15 minute commutes, no traffic, you know, and the people, people are really cool. You know, like it's a good sense of community. Um, people are like super friendly, you know, sometimes when you're in the city, like people, you know, head down, earphones in, you're walking to the train, you know, whatever up here you know people hey how's it going hey what's up you know so you get that little community aspect of it too you know and it's just like a slower pace of life which has been good because you know you get outside you enjoy the beauty um, and you get to experience a little bit of like the city down in portland maine and then go all the way up to like uh bar harbor you know somewhere up there and it's just like booth bay it's just there's so many beautiful scenic places you can go to north conway new hampshire which has uh mount washington you know you know, and it was our first fall up here this year, and dude, beautiful, beautiful. yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Like the the colors, man, the, the and the trees. And we went to like a lot of they have a lot of fairs up here, big big fairs, you know. And it's like you go to the fairs and you see all the animals, and it's like it's just very fall, you know. Like when you think of like the ideal fall setting, and like it's it's main it's main it's northern New England for sure, the ideal fall setting, you know. And if you ever get a chance to come up and check out the leaves, you just let me know, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I would love to, dude. Yeah. Um, my wife's a teacher too, man. She's got to deal with kids all day. That's probably the only reason she can put up with me because yeah. <laughs> I'm a kid for life. You know what I'm saying? I'm hard That's to deal true. with. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, what? Uh, so what do you do, like, outside of work? Like, what are, what are your hobbies and stuff? I mean, when's the last time, when's the last time you went fishing? Oh, dude. <laughs> Dude, you know, I it's funny because 
I spend a lot of time by the water. You know, I, I love, I love the ocean, man. There's just something about it. I, I, I love the beach. I love the coast. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and I see a lot of lobster boats up here, you know, and I, I always tell my girlfriend, I'm like, man, what I'd give to be the captain of my own ship out there, you know, <laughs> just throwing some pots, you know, and it's like, you know, sometimes the work I do in technology, you could write 100, 200 lines of code, right? And, and it performs an action. And yeah, you know, it does, it does, you've done what you've asked it to do. And, you know, you've fulfilled the requirements, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said about the manual labor in a sense, right? Like, hey, we have 50 pots and the work is done when all those 50 pots are in the ocean. And then we're going to yeah, yeah. pick them up and we're going to harvest them. And then we're going to put all the 50 pots back on the deck, you know, like, something like that you, you know like the army definitely put that in me right like the idea that like you know you could be a sig analyst today but tomorrow there's a detail to go empty out the connex so um you know like you get that little bit of manual labor and you'd always you know i sometimes it'd be like hot as hell i'd be down there in the motor pool cleaning out the connex you know top off and be like oh man that sucks <laughs> but like you know sometimes yeah. But it's like a good, it's like a good break, man. That's one of the things that right. I've liked. Uh, I don't really get as much now in like the last mm. two and a half years uh, so much, but that's one of the things I like. Cause I'm like, look, man, I go to work today or tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. I may yeah. go in and they're like, Hey man, we're jumping. Yeah. Right. Gra grab yeah. your ACH, go to manifest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Next thing I know, four hours later, I'm jumping out of an aircraft. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I like that mix where I wasn't, you know, there's no way I could be like an assembly line worker. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this, this vehicle part comes down and I freaking screw on this other part and it goes and I just do the same thing over and over yeah. again. And it never changes. Like not a chance, never going to happen. You yeah. know, right. uh, I'd rather try to bum for quarters on, on the, on the street corner or something like, uh, but, but you're right. Like, and again, like I said, I'm not super into code. I wouldn't, I don't want to say never, never say never. Right. That's the, that's the thing, but more likely than not, I will never write a code. Right. It's right. just, it's just, it's not something I'm interested in. Maybe I'm interested. I can come up with the idea. Right. And I'm like, Hey, why is something like this? Why can't we have something that automates and provides, you know, X, Y, and Z as an output or something like that. And then give yeah. that idea to somebody that knows how to make it happen. And then I get satisfaction out of, Hey, I had this idea and now we have a solution. Yeah. Um, but getting there, I'm not the guy, you know, right. Uh, right. but I think there's a, even whenever I transition out, whenever that may be, like I, I want to find like a good mix. Uh, I want to find, I want to be able to mirror the two together to where I can do kind of both things. So I, you know, whatever it is, let's, let's, let's use like home automation, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Technology, smart home technology is growing and advancing. People are going to start integrating it into their homes. Well, there's a lot of homes, you know, there's, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, right. whatever homes, apartments, duplexes, mm -hmm. townhomes, whatever you want to, you want to call it. Well, eventually, you know, everybody's going to have a panel on the wall where you tap and, and function to do this. Right. So it's good to know how those things work and to be able to install it into somebody's house, explain to them the functionality and be able to show up and troubleshoot it 
Yep. So you're getting kind of, you know, both worlds. You're getting the manual labor of installing it. You actually have to show up, troubleshoot it, but you know the technology, you know how it works, you know how to integrate it to somebody's home. Yeah, and that kind of, so, you know, I follow like a lot of people in technology and in the tech world. And, you know, one person said something that was very interesting to me, and it was that every company is a technology company, right? And, and to a certain extent, you know, I agree with that because it's like even small businesses that you wouldn't expect, uh, you know, to be using technology, right? They, they, there's some portion of that that is intertwined within their operation, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, it's one of those things that the way you leverage the technology um, is going to directly impact essentially your success, right? Like if you have a competitor and they're giving like a better digital experience to the end customer, you know, that, that could very well translate into them getting the business versus you getting the business, you know? So it's one of those things where technology is definitely, it's intertwined in everything that we've, we've, been doing you know for like the last like 20 years you know and it just keeps exponentially growing you know yeah and you're right anytime like i mean recently you know uh without getting into it i hired i hired attorneys right <clears throat> so i'm like okay how do i how do i find who i want so this is a service that i needed now i gotta find the right business to implement said service uh so i've had referrals to this one uh guy I had a couple referrals. I had three people refer me to this dude. So I'm like, all right, let me go check him out. So I looked him up, went on his website. His website was dog crap. Right. You know, I was, <laughs> I was right. like this dude, you know, such and so I just didn't have a good feeling based on that. So I, I looked around and everything yeah. and I found somebody that they were integrated a bunch of things. Their website was up to date. Like all right. their reviews and comments were up to date. It wasn't from like yep. two years ago, three years ago, they had, videos they this uh law firm even had like a started their own podcast and had recent videos where they talked about this and that so they were kind of up to date and it was fresh and it looked good and all that the presentation was well put together so i'm like let me contact these individuals right. and that's how they got my business even yep. though the other guy i had three like personal referrals it was like website just wasn't put together well all the reviews and everything that the guy had mentioned was from like 2018 2017 right. and stuff and i'm like you know when's the last time this guy's been in the courtroom based on the website you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, know what i mean right. i'm yeah, like uh so yeah that's and that's you know that's really where we're at too you know when you think about it like from a business perspective it's it's really like you you make essentially when you're on the internet you know, it's a buyer's market, right? Like it's not so much a seller's market. It's a buyer's market, right? I can find the same item. I can find the same service offered to me 10, 15, 20 times, you know, in, in a matter of seconds, you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, it's really like one of those things where if you don't, you know, you can spend millions of dollars on advertising, right? Like you can spend millions of dollars advertising on the radio, the television, you know, all these other, you know, outlets, right? But ultimately, if you drive people to a website that doesn't work, or if you, you know, you don't have like an up-to-date digital experience, like people are just going to be like, oh, nope, on to the next one. And it's literally like that quick, you know, because we, we live in a world where we don't even have to think about what's being, what's coming our way anymore, right? Like everything's recommended, um, you know, 
you look at one thing and, you know, you're recommending three other things, you know, you, you go to one website, there's four other websites that are competing for that ad traffic. So they'll come yep. up, boom, 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 you know, and it's like, it's definitely one of those things where having just a little tech savvy, even if you want to get into like a small business scenario, you know, like having like a little bit of technology uh, prowess, you know, to, or at least a little aptitude for it is going to help you a lot because ultimately, you know, yeah, you could be, you could be in a business that requires no actual technology to be used in the, uh, you know, the, the service you offer. Right. But when you think about it, like if your competitor has a better website or, uh, you know, let's say they appear on Google better, you know, like I was about to say, I use, so this is just how I do it, regardless of what I'm going to do. Like, if I'm looking for a service, you know, we were talking about HVAC, right? So say I'm having issues with my HVAC system and I need somebody to come and look at it. First thing I do is, you know, air conditioner service or HVAC service, whatever you're looking for. And then all these people pop up, right? And, you know, I'm here right outside of Clarksville. So everybody pops up in Clarksville. First thing I do, start scrolling you know, cause it pops up on Google, the little Google maps thing pops up and then the whole list. And then it has reviews. I start scrolling through who's got more reviews, right? right. So if there's 10 people, some of them got six reviews, some of them got 116, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I look, okay, blah, blah, blah. Click the review, kind of scroll through, see who's got the majority of the, of the best reviews, go to their website after that. So I'm like, yeah. okay, who's got a decent number of views, who has more good ones than bad ones. And then based on that, I filtered it down to like three, you know, companies. And then from those three companies, I go and look at their website. And then based on the presentation that's given to me from that, I make a phone call to one of them. Yeah. That's how I do <laughs> every right. business I've ever contacted. Because if you only have, even if you have a bunch, right? If I go and just for easy math, if you have a hundred reviews and 35 of them are like, this dude never called me back. They made an appointment and their people didn't show up. And there's like a bunch of those, like I'm, I'm turned off from the get go. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it was with that law firm. Like, even though I was referred to the guy, he had, I don't, I don't remember just, I don't know, 40 something Google reviews, but he had several like bad ones. Like, could never get the guy on the phone. He never, you know, followed through with promises, this, that, and the third. But I had like people that I know and respect that are like, Hey man, contact this person. So I was like, kind of torn, like, Hey man, his online digital preference profile doesn't look good. Even though okay. these people told me he's a good guy, you yeah. know? So I'm like, I was like, I just didn't have a good vibe, good feeling. I called somebody else, you know, and yeah. that's how I do every business. Yeah. And that's, that's what you got to do too, you know, because when you think about it, right, like you're spending time, you're spending money, right? This is something that you're looking to do. You're the customer, right? So you want to get the best deal. You want to get the best value, you know? So it's one of those things where you got to do your due diligence, you know? And it's yeah. Like, hey, and I related it to like, like you said, you can get a bunch of people. So if you own a house and you want this nice deck on your backyard, like a bunch of people will show up and build you a deck. But at the end of the day, yeah. if you're spending... Yeah seven eight nine twelve grand or something like that's a lot of money and you want a good service for the money that you're providing and it's kind of a crapshoot like even if you go off the google reviews and did what i said you still might not get a quality deck like it just might not turn out the way that you want so you're you have to put a lot of trust in somebody when you're giving them a lot of money oh, yeah. um, 
so that to me, that online profile and presence makes a huge impact about how I pick your business because of, you know, I have a lot of steps to go through, you know, subconsciously to call you and have you come out and do the job. Um, so to me, a business has to have that, that online presence and even have a personal good uh, personal presence when they show up in order for me to be like, okay, this is the individual that I'm going to give $12,000 to. Yeah. Um, right. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, bro, we're, we're, we're in the, we're below the poverty line. You know what I'm saying? 12 grand, yeah. Yeah. 12 grand is a lot of money. Um, yeah. So that's just, that's how I do it. And I think uh, businesses or, or people need to, like you said, everybody's a tech company. Everybody needs to, make sure that they can market themselves the best way they can within their means. Everybody don't have unlimited money. You can't pay for ads and this and that. And, and I got it. But if you're going to, if you're going to pay money to do a website, like spend time and yeah, do it correctly. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing too. You know, it's like, I feel like in the, you know, in the army, we learned that if you're going to do something, you do it right. Right. And it's like, if you didn't do it right, somebody's going to, you know, reprimand you for it, retrain you and expect you to do it right. You know, like show you what right is and then expect you to do that, right? Like deliver. And that's just one of those things where it's like, you meet a lot of people like, you know, you come, come across like a wide range of people out in the civilian world, you know? And it's just one of those things where there are certain like intangibles, you know how they always like say like there are some intangibles that, you know, people have like in the, in the NFL draft, you know, it's just like some skills that they've developed over years of doing their craft. And I look at it like there are certain intangibles that come from, uh, you know, time in the army or time in the military in general, right? And it's just like doing things right, you know, looking decent, being presentable, you know, being on time. You know, it's those things that I've noticed are, are things that if you keep those things that have been ingrained in you, you know, if you want to start a business or when you do, you know, get a job at a large company, those things, doing those intangible things that were put into you in the military, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna separate you. You know, they're gonna put you into like a a higher echelon, I guess you could say, of worker. You know, in a sense where like the management's gonna know, all right, this guy's gonna be here. He's gonna be on time. He's gonna look presentable. You know what I mean? Like right out of the gate. Like if you're doing that, you're gonna separate yourself from you know people who aren't doing that. And it's just yeah. one of those things where. You know, there's, there's some things that, there's some things in the military that don't translate so well out in the civilian sector, but, you know, those intangible things are things that you should definitely take pride in, you know, and doing something right, you know, and providing something like if you provide a service, providing the best service that you possibly can, you know, and like stuff like that. And I feel like those are things that we learned in the, in the military. And it's like, man, if you can do that out here you be able to separate yourself from the pack and like people will depend on you, you know, and it's a, it's a good feeling. Oh yeah. Well, man, I don't, I don't honestly don't know how long we'll be going. Um, it's a Saturday. It's a weekend, brother. I don't want to keep you any longer. I feel like we, we talked about a lot. Uh, yeah. we definitely got to catch up more on like a personal level at some point. So I look yeah, forward for to sure. doing that. And, um, I, I hope we can figure out a way to meet. I'd like to come up there, man. I've never really been up North. Um, yeah. I mean, I've traveled all over the place because of the service and whatnot, but I've only like, I've been to like Colorado and Arizona and uh, Virginia, 
the DC area, uh, Maryland, but I've never been, those are, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much the right. States I've been to, you know what I'm saying? I passed through Texas, but never stayed, never went on vacation, never saw sightseeing, been to California. Um, but that's about it when it comes to, to the States. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Northeast, it's beautiful. There's, it's, you know, four seasons, right? You get the fall, winter, spring, and then, you know, summer, summer's great too. So it's like, yeah, I, I encourage everyone to, you know, make your way Northeast for a little bit of time, you know, all of New England's really beautiful. You got the mountains of Vermont, you know, you get Rocky coast of Maine, um, Massachusetts has like, you know, the Cape and the islands, great, great, great stuff. Um, you know, beaches, stuff like that. And, there's a whole lot of good stuff up here, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's might be worth it to, uh, make a venture up North, uh, North of the Mason Dixon there. Oh yeah. I'd love to, man. I'd love to, uh, I'm a Southern boy at heart, but I know there's gotta be some good things North of the Mason Dixon line. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Bob's over my shoulder telling me we got to end this. I don't want him to attack me or something, but, uh, <laughs> But man, I appreciate it. Um, if you ever need something, you know, uh, we got a mutual thing going. Um, so you, you reach out to me anytime, man. Like I said, we we're bonded. We're like brothers. So, uh, take care, enjoy your weekend. Um, enjoy it and just hit me up anytime, man. Yeah, for sure. Bills anytime. Your phone's always on for you, bro. All right, brother. Oh yeah, man. Later dog. Later.